everyone welcome back to the let's write a book podcast and today's episode is all about world building but before we get into it i just wanted to give you a little one-on-one about um how my writing process has been going lately because actually i hit kind of a big stumbling block for me like the first time i think in writing this whole novel that i've really had something difficult uh, kind of like a, a brick wall that i came up against where I really wasn't sure how to like how to navigate the problem. So I'll tell you what it was. Essentially, I was writing, so I've been writing my novel now for like since I was 19 or something. So like a long, long time at almost 10 years, I think by this point. And it was, it was just getting to the point where I had everything, I had all of the elements there but I really felt lost when it came to um, editing and refining my first draft and also plotting it out. So having that template where I could really see from a glance, okay, this is how the story is progressing and ensuring that it uh, like matches some kind of structure or it, it's flowing in the way that it should. And I think when, when that happened, when I was really feeling out of my depth, I kind of just shut down about it and I, I tried to either power on ahead and find other things to do or just completely um you know block it from my mind do something else uh hope that the next time i come back to it it will be different but of course it was not and (laughs) the solution um that i found at least for me right now in this process was to get some help with the writing and editing process and i think this is kind of like a point that most writers reach I feel where you get to the point of your story where actually you do need help um I think we always have this like romanticized opinion of or like this romanticized view of the writer that's locking themselves in their room and they're writing everything themselves and they just need more time and more creative inspiration in order to make it work but through this whole process I, I really realized that isn't the case um sometimes you do just you just need someone else that has more experience that's done this a lot of times in order to uh give you guidance and be like in the hero's journey you have the mentor and the mentor comes to help the hero to make sure that they can defeat the final battle you know at, at the center of the book and i i think for me that was really something big was admitting okay i think i do actually need help and i need someone else's opinion and I was a little bit worried that, you know, the, the person that I um, that I work with might try to twist or change my ideas or make my book something it isn't. But I think if you're really certain on why things happen in your book, um, maybe you've written out the, the plot or the world building or characters or something like that, you have a good sense of the motives and how the story develops. I don't think that would happen. But for me, that was just a fear that I had. So yeah, long story short, I enlisted the help of an editor who's not really someone that you pay to edit your whole book, but more someone like a mentor that can actually help me with the certain parts of my book that I'm just struggling to get a grapple on right now. So I just wanted to, um, yeah, put that out there that if you're, if you feel like you're really struggling, then um, maybe it's good to search for some kind of mentor uh, in your area 
or that you can um, talk with virtually that can help you with the development. So I'm going to see how it goes for me and keep you updated. But so far, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. So now let's get into it. World building. So the genre that I write is historical fiction. And while historical fiction is all about the details, it's also about building a believable world. So you need to build a world that's both historically accurate uh, as much as you can, um, but that's also interesting and immersive and something that the reader will connect with. How I've done this so far in my own research is I've based a lot of my own world building on um, real accounts from the time, archaeology, um, pieces of evidence that I found from the time period that I'm writing. And that's really helped me actually to, to not only get a big picture of what was happening at that time and what we know, but also the small details of uh, people's daily lives or what clothing they wore. Um, these little things also really build um, a nice picture for the reader to immerse themselves in. So in general, I think I, I talked about in the last episode, my writing, I usually always start with a character um, because I really like character-driven stories where it's really about their internal journey, their world, how they see things. But then you need to look at the outer perspective, right? Because we're all a product of the time we come from, the society that we live in, the things that make up our world. So um, I try to consider these different questions like right off the bat if I'm thinking about a story. I think about what is the character wearing? Where do they live? And what is their daily life like? So I can get a sense of um, for instance, if they're like a peasant or a commoner, okay, they're probably doing a lot of manual labor during their day, therefore the clothing they wear will reflect that, therefore they probably live in proximity to like farmland, nature, things like that. So these types of questions, um, I think every, like, I think in general, you definitely need to answer these sorts of questions for your world building because it really builds the basis for your novel. Um... And yeah, like I was saying, the little details make up our lives. So I think part of making it feel maybe more immersive than it is, is just focusing on those little details like um, the lacing on the hem or what type of, you know, like what type of corset they're wearing or um, I don't know how the, how the house is laid out as well, because house layouts obviously change from period to period. So it's also very interesting, I think. That's also the part of historical fiction. It's super interesting learning about how people lived their lives um, that's so different to our time today. So in saying that, because I think you do need to be, when you're writing historical fiction, you do really need to be like detail-oriented. I What I always do is I pick a time, like an actual year, so like 1553 or something, like to be as specific as possible because then you're gonna it's gonna be way easier to find information in that time period and also to know exactly what's happening in that uh, year or decade that you're writing because yeah like it's something that happened in the early 1500s and the late 1500s is obviously going to be completely different 100 years is a really long time so thinking about where to find the information that you need for your world building I typically like to um, get a lot of information on online as much as possible because it's way easier, I think, than going to a library, looking in archives or something, even though that's super interesting and really cool. 
Um, it's just not very accessible, I think, most of the time. So the sites that I usually go on are like Google Scholar or JSTOR and uh, you can find free articles there as well. So you don't have to, usually you don't have to pay for anything, which is also nice. Um, but you can also look at, for instance, museums in the location that you're writing. So you can Google what are the archaeological archaeological museums, what are the um, histor historical museums for, maybe they have a medieval uh, museum or something like that, where you can actually um, look up online and see what resources they have. Or even if you have the resources yourself to go there, um, yeah it's it's such a good way to get the most accurate information because of, of like if you're looking at um for instance blog articles or something like that from someone else it's not that reliable i think you can't just go on what other people are saying in that context i, I think it's really always a good idea to get um, scholarly articles research that people have done because then you're going to get the most accurate up-to-date information about what we know of that time period. So other things that I typically consider when I'm world building are um, daily life, the economic system as well that the people in your time period dealt with, um, the justice system, any, any beliefs like religious beliefs or cultural beliefs, um, the environment that they're living in, so what sort of trees are around them, what sort of plants did they encounter on a daily basis. Um, housing technology as well so the technology that they had at that time for instance um, thinking about things like what did they do for plumbing what was the lighting like um, how did they get rid of their garbage things that are really mundane but actually help a lot to bring a sense of realism to the story in my own novel I also made a complete list of all of the places that were mentioned in my book even um, even if I didn't specifically mention them in the text. For instance, like um, if you're talking about a certain place that you're going to mention, of course you need to know that. But maybe there are other places that are happening around your character that your character maybe hears about or um, just other places in that general area that maybe you don't reference explicitly, but it can help inform the rest of the text that you're actually writing. So that really helped me to formulate uh, my ideas and kind of to link everything together in this larger web of ideas. I think that's really important because otherwise the story can feel very two-dimensional or it can feel a little bit isolated because even though we, we kind of think that people in the past had very isolated lives, People did travel and it wasn't uncommon for them to travel actually great distances. Um, so it's good to know of all of the different cultural uh, influences that the character and that time period would have been exposed to. So it really helps you to flesh it out, but you don't have to mention it explicitly in your text. It will just help inform what you're writing. When it comes to the history and the time period, um, you don't only, like in my opinion, you don't only have to know the year that you're writing in, but I think it's also important to know what happened like five to 10 years earlier and also about 10 years afterwards. You can also do like, you know, 100 years afterwards or 100 years before, um, but I think 10 years is about fine. And that will really help you get a sense of the social and political climate that your character will be immersed in, 
the events that happened maybe within their lifetime or before their lifetime, so what would have happened to their parents and grandparents, it will really impact how you see your characters. So, for instance, if, you, if you're writing during the time of the Hundred Years' War, or maybe you want to set a story directly after the Hundred Years' War, that war took place over such a long period of time that, of course, it's going to impact generation after generation. You know, it's, it's, um, it's not that things happen in isolation to us. We're always impacted by what happened before us. So I think that also really helps to give kind of a brevity to the story. And the next thing I want to talk about are the fantasy elements, because I tend to kind of write, um, even though I do, I feel like I write historical fiction, but I love to include fantasy, this kind of like magical realism. So bringing the magic into the everyday. And in order to do that, I like to um, make sure that the magic that I have actually makes sense. I think this is something that I've seen uh, a lot of writers talk about a lot, but I just feel like I should mention it because it's so important that whenever you have fantasy elements in your story, I think you really have to define the rules of the magic. So looking at what are the beliefs, what are the rituals, um, you can focus on how the characters use magic and when like for example um, in the hero's journey there are certain points in the story where actually magic becomes like a plot device where the character might receive like a magic um, object or they meet with a magical goddess or um, the like eternal father figure or something like that it's it's a way for you to actually enrich the plot while also incorporating these fantasy and um, magical elements. So I think that's also important to, to consider if you do have magic in your story, um, using it at a time that's actually giving the story enrichment in some way, where the magic enriches the story rather than being something that distracts from it or something that doesn't really fit into the world. Um, for instance, <laughs> don't use magic as a plot hole filler. And because the way that I, the way that I'm writing a lot of the time, I'm mixing history and magic together. And I wanted to share something that really helps me a lot. So when I'm uh, looking at what kind of magic to include, I often actually look at the folklore and mythology of that culture because that can actually help give you ideas for the plot and also make it seem more realistic because a lot of those stories are tied to like actual cultural rituals that people did um for instance like in very ancient history sacrifices or these um like big sacrificial feasts that people used to have um or in medieval times something that's more akin to those like nature rituals where people would like bathe in these natural springs and tie the cloth on the tree something like that so it's it becomes a lot more tangible and in daily life rather than too removed from daily life. And yeah, it can also just create like more of these meaningful moments in the story and enrich the story and also enrich your character's journey too. So thank you for joining me for another episode today. It was really nice just to talk about um, how I'm building the worlds that I write and I hope that some of these points will help you or just give you some inspiration for your own writing. 
And if you want more like this, like writing tips or something about some articles or something about history and folklore and mythology, you can go to my blog. It's claudiamerrill.com slash blog. I'm going to put all the links below as well in the show notes. And also, if you want to send in a question, you can absolutely do that. It's let's write a book podcast at gmail.com. Um, anything that comes to your mind, I'll probably read it out here. <laughs> And you can also follow me on TikTok and Instagram. It's at Claudia Merrill. But until next time, I'll see you in the next episode.